there's chemistry here. Oh, <laughs> oh hey. I could be butt naked in front of like 500 people and I would be completely fine. I do wear really sexy lingerie all the time. Mm. There's always like ASMR and masturbation and nudity included though. I have a reputation of being very explorative, very free and very slutty. I love being yeah. slutty. One of my taglines is the sexquisite powerhouse. Mm -hmm. My tongue is a finger. I can do things with my tongue that I can do with my fingers. From the Naked News Studios in Toronto, Canada, you're listening to Talk Naked. And it said, never show up to a Zoom meeting from your bedroom, and here I am. Well, this isn't a regular Zoom meeting, right? We're naked for this one. <laughs> Our most Specific sexual preferences are what make us unique, and getting acquainted with them in the physical realm can be incredibly exciting and fulfilling. But how do you uncover these kinks and curiosities? And once identified, how do you start the journey of actually experiencing them? Sexpert Lola Jean is based in bustling New York City and makes a living helping individuals explore their innermost sexual desires. We had a fascinating time talk about the heroic work she conducts on a daily basis. And as you're listening to this chat, remember, I did this talk naked. Laura Desiree here coming to you from fabulous New York, New York. Today I have the opportunity of getting to know sexpert extraordinaire, sex educator, Miss Lola Jean. Thanks so much for making time. Yeah, I'm really excited to finally do this with you. No kidding. Yeah, yeah we've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So Lola, talk to me. Sex educator, what else falls under that? What are all the many things you do? I usually take a deep breath before I list those. Love it. Uh, so... I am a sex educator, a mental health professional, an occasional pro-dom, a fetish wrestler, and the world record holder for volume squirting. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there an order of these things <laughs> as far yeah. as what you spend the most time on or even maybe which ones came first? Oh yeah, so I mean for when they happened, mm. so a lot of them actually happened together. I think it was pro-dom wrestling were a little bit before sex educator and yeah. then mental health professional came in. Um, and then world record squirting, that yeah. was, um, I'm almost at my one year anniversary mark for setting that. Um, How do you celebrate that? <laughs> What's the plans for the one year anniversary well, party? So I, <laughs> right. Um, so <laughs> when I set the record, it was within a kinky carnival, which is just my own sick and twisted idea of fun. Mm. And that was a whole production, but it was super fun. So we want to do that once a year. So it's probably going to be in May that we'll do that. And I think that's, I'm like, okay, I kind I don't want to like try to like reset my record, but I know a bunch of people want to see it, so I might just do like a squirting performance. But but is the idea or the goal to then surpass last year's record? Uh, well, I'd have to prepare that for possible? that. I mean, it could be. Honestly, I was shocked that I like produced as much as I did. My goal was to hit over a liter, and then once I got past that, I was like, no one's ever gonna break this. Like, and, this is ridiculous. And I, it's so funny. I wanted to so come to that as a climax in our interview, but I think it's just something I needed to get to immediately. Yeah. Um, can That's I ask a how tease. much? <laughs> how much? Yeah, talk about a tease. How much did you produce? Uh, I produced 1,250 milliliters in about 25 seconds. Wow. 
Yeah. That just rockets out of you, I'd imagine. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, I'm an exhibitionist, so you totally. give me, I'm always like on game day, I'm going to perform a lot better. Yeah. But you give me a stage and I just had so much pent up energy and just the whole week was building up into it. So I think it just came out faster than usual because I was just in the moment. But yeah, I always knew that I was like a high volume kind of a, a person. And when I heard that like science said 900 milliliters was the record, I was just like, mm, crushed it. I want to prove science wrong. <laughs> totally. I want to prove people that they don't know anything. So is this just a natural path that you pursued in life? Did you always find yourself to be a sexually curious person? I was always a sexually curious and a sexually explorative person. Mm. Um, I didn't make the conscious decision to disappoint my parents every day, but you know, I'm really glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> they took you to fabulous New York City where you've got quite a name for yourself yeah. here. Can we get a, a background on your education and uh, what yeah. that looks like? Yeah, so I have a degree in marketing uh, wow. and a minor in sustainability, which I always like to point out to people who think that you need to have an educational background in sex in order to teach it, um, because I don't necessarily, but I'm really good at my job. And it's because we've been studying sexuality for a laughably short amount of time, mm -hmm. and then sexuality for people with vulvas for an even shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much we don't know, which I proved by breaking science and squirting that much out of my body and doing so without penetrating myself, without orgasming. So there's so much that we can learn that we can't learn from school and regurgitating no. that. Um, so I like to make that point in that I don't have a degree in these things, but I have then started pursuing like a background in mental health. Um, so I am not a therapist or a psychologist. Mm -hmm. um, I do certain types of therapies as a medical technician where I treat people with OCD, with PTSD, wow. Um, which honestly like that feeds into my sex education job and my yeah. sex education job feeds into that but how it started was I really I didn't set out of like I want to teach about sex I was in between jobs I just gotten fired um, from a waitressing oh job and I'd quit my job in advertising and I was like I'm gonna do something I don't hate uh, and that's when I had just reached out to Kenneth play who then yeah. became my mentor and I was just trying to like help him out to do a job I didn't hate mm. and then as things go, we were co-teaching a squirting class and I just saw the way that people responded to me, how I knew more than I thought I did, and also just how I felt like my voice and experience was underrepresented. And mm -hmm. when you wanna do things a certain way, you, you do them yourself. Um, and that's just kind of how it happened and it just kind of snowballed out of control and here we are. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is is that there truly is a demand for more education, more experience-based knowledge being talked about, shared about in sexuality today, yeah? Yeah, because I mean, there's the thing is, is there's still so much I'm learning and I'm never gonna stop learning because bodies change every day. People and dynamics of people are always changing. Yeah. So there's always gonna be more to learn. Even just talking about the internal like structure of the clitoris and yeah. like we've only learned that in the past like 20 years. So if you went to school before yeah. that, like it's kind of moving. And a little shockingly, bit. it actually, you know, is, is the, the pleasure center, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Shockingly. Shocking. We've only we might have addressed it as a part of our anatomy, but I don't think uh, I, I'm gonna agree with you. I don't think there's enough discussion on it being access to so much pleasure in our lives. Yeah, or on like the flip side of it, yeah. people only focus on that. And yeah. there's just there's so many things where we want to have an exact answer for it. I think yeah. a lot of people find a pressure. If someone asks me a question, I should know an answer to it. Mm. And I like to give examples of like different possible things based on the experience you may have or maybe where your shame or trauma is. But there's a lot of things I don't know the answer to or I can mm -hmm. give my best guess, but I'm also like, I'm so being open to being proved wrong.
So what's the responsibility then as a sex educator when you are giving advice or, or sharing knowledge? Is it about uh, having that upfront message that you don't have the answers or this is only based on your experiences? I think in that front, it's more that I've always approached, and the reason why I do what I do, it's not necessarily to help people, mm. it's to give people the tools so that they don't hurt each other. Or that if someone does get hurt, I give them the tools so that they can alleviate that or just help make it not as damaging in that sense. So I'm more so just trying to give them information, not to give them the right answer, but to just educate them and empower them to do work on their own and give them enough confidence and safety and security yeah. and tools where they're not gonna hurt themselves or other people. Yeah, that's essential. And it would change a lot of people's experiences, I would mm -hmm. imagine, just to dodge some unnecessary discomforts like that. Yeah, or just, I mean, we always wanna be the person yeah. our younger selves wish we had. I know. So it's kind of giving myself the tools I wish I had for all the times that I was hurt. Of, yeah. I wish I someone would have said, say this to them or do this, or here's what's in your power, your responsibility, and here's what's not your problem. Wow, so as a sex educator, mm -hmm. what do you do during the day, job-wise? Like, what? how does that come out as a, an actual, uh, I guess, day at work for you? So I think a lot of my like colleagues and friends are always astounded at how much I get done, yeah. which is a little bit of a testament to my old advertising days when mm -hmm. I had to do like 50 things at once and have different people working for me and doing different things. Um, but there is no average day. Yeah. I mean, it could be, if I'm recording a podcast, then that could be like, you know, two hours of my day, maybe some prep for that. Um, a lot of answering emails to clients, maybe seeing clients. Uh, I'm teaching a lot of classes, so maybe a couple a week. So that'll be hours in the evening. And then also meetings, so meetings with um, my porn cinema team yeah. of upcoming events. We usually have a couple of meetings a week. Um, meetings with, uh, I'm starting a fake university with a couple of my dominatrix friends. Get out. <laughs> what is going to be taught at this university? So it's called the Rehab Center for insecure adults and we are going to be teaching courses that help you step into your power, build uh -huh. confidence, um, talking about uncomfortable subjects. So it actually has nothing to do with BDSM and kink. Mm -mm. We are taking some practices from that, but like one of the ones coming up is intro to finance, learning how to talk about money. And wow. I'm gonna take that course too, because I don't think I'm the best at it. No either. kidding, but not yeah. money in regards to sexual interactions. No. So wow. like you know really just exactly, yeah. Because a lot of it is just understanding the social nuances and narratives and yeah. understanding what it is that we're we're talking about and what we're taught so that we can kind of break that down and build around it. You must intimidate the hell out of people. Yeah, you know, I do. Yeah. Um, do you find that partners are intimidated by you? So much. Really? Yeah, one of, I mean, I'm pansexual, but I joke that I intimidate the boners off of men because yeah. usually men are the ones that are intimidated a bit more. And, but do they have like reason to be though? Do you like to have that power play in effect? I mean, I would rather people be scared of me uh -huh. than anything else, uh -huh. but like they don't have reason to and I really try to work on it with them. Yeah. Of Even the fact that it's like, I don't know everything. There's so much I want to learn about my own body still and someone else's sexually and I'm not expecting I mean like because also I don't have to have sex to have a good time with someone either like intimacy is what I get off on yeah so it's I don't think they have necessarily reason to be I, that's why I just appreciate people that are able to have like conflict conversation and discussing I'm a conversationalist so I want someone who's going to talk You're in the right city off. for it okay <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, exactly. New York is great for conversations I love it mm -hmm. what would be a career highlight for you um let's say aside 
aside from your record-breaking squirt. Yeah, that was a pretty big one because uh-huh. I felt like really proud of myself mm. too. And it was just like a moment of like preparing that event and those type of things. But I think a lot of it is a time when there's an event where like I kind of get like a like a nervous mama. So I just had my first play fight play party on Saturday um, with my trainer LT, um, who's also a pleasure-based sex educator. Play fight yeah. party. So I'm a fetish wrestler, and when I started learning jujitsu for fetish wrestling for clients, I noticed I started doing it while I was fucking. I started using wow. a couple moves, um, and it's really fun. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't even have to be like during sex. So we've been trying to figure out ways of like within our wrestling for lovers mm. classes to teach people, and a party setting seemed to be right because it's a play party with wrestling. Yeah. Um, no one actually really ends up having sex, um, but it's like if you want to. If, so if you're inclined to, the option's there. And that was a moment where I was like such a nervous mama. Like, is everyone having a good time? Like, are you not getting hurt? Do you need snacks? Like, I literally cut up orange slices at midnight for people. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate it though sometimes <laughs> really and yeah. truly but so, it's anytime I'm having an event and I see people like interacting with each other genuinely mm-hmm. and like letting their guard down experiencing something new challenging themselves it just makes me feel like so proud of like it's it's kind of in a way of like I created this but I'm just like so excited to like it's like see my babies leave the nest yeah. type of a thing well to see them enjoying it with themselves, for themselves, and in their own moments, right? Yeah, exactly. So what is the ultimate impact you're hoping to make uh, in this uh, endeavor? I really hope that I can give people tools to, instead of it trying to be like, be the best lover you can be, Mm -hmm. and all of these, I guess, more ego-driven things, of I really just want people not to hurt each other, and Mm -hmm. I want people to be open to exploring and discovering always. I think we could help so many individuals, relationships, if we just took that shame away where like there is no shame and nothing to be like afraid of or discouraged of by continuously exploring and learning new things about yourself and about other people. And if we can do that, I feel like that can just translate to so many different things, whether it's sexually or mentally or even things within your career. Like before I quit advertising, I was like, oh, I'm going to throw away these like four years that I put into this job. But like, I was like 27 yeah. like and like look what I've built from then yeah so that's it, kind of the thing where when you don't care as much about what other people think and you can just become a kid again and and learn and play I mean it sounds like you've got so many incredible tools in your toolbox and you're enjoying applying them to different experiences and being able to pass on that education to other people based on that yeah incredible yeah and one of the things too so like as of like the pillars of kind of when I started this is that I wanted to help people with vulvas put their pleasure first and demand it Mm. Um, people with penises to introduce them to anal pleasure Mm -hmm. but then also to continuously challenge and question societal and gender norms and that contrarian part is really big for me I mean I'm also a huge brat um, which shouldn't (laughs) be a surprise to anyone Um, but I I always like challenging people's ways of thinking including my own Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I think I do like a pretty decent job at trying to consider other people's opinions and experiences because that's kind of how I felt when I came into it. Mm -hmm. I've um, I'm actually a relationship virgin. I've never been in a romantic relationship before. Mm -mm. Wow. I feel like I'm getting close right now, but it's moving very glacially. Well, I think there's chemistry here. Oh, (laughs) hey. I really do. I feel it. Fascinating. Oh, my gosh. So because of that, I always kind of felt left out as a single of everything's very couples-focused. Experiences are created around couples. Events are only meant for couples. And nothing's necessarily created with the single person's, like, view in mind, which 
a couple is made up of two single people mm -hmm. too. So if you make it for a single person, a couple can enjoy it as well. We have so many single viewers that watch our show. So many people that are, you know, maybe engaged in casual sex and not necessarily attached in any kind of a relationship. Do you have anything direct to let them know about what they can enjoy, how they can enjoy themselves more, and what uh, kinds of interactions to pursue. Yeah, I think the important thing, and this doesn't just go for single people, it's really for all people, mm. but not everything is sunshine and roses. I think a lot of the time when we hear different stories about sex or sexual journeys, it's always about the positive and the great things, and there are, there are a lot of really awesome things, but the uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that's where we learn, and it's important to sit with that for a minute. But in the journey as a single person, it is harder, it is difficult, and parts of it are easier because you don't have to depend on someone, but parts of it are harder because you don't have anyone to depend on or looking out for you. So there definitely are moments that you're going to find difficult, especially if you have like social anxiety, which mm. I probably have a little bit of, um, but it's everything's doable and there's a way to challenge and, and challenge what you have the comfort doing, what do you have to lose if you do that. I like telling people to kind of play out the worst case scenario in their mind. It's like, okay, what if that happens? Then you're still the same person, you got rejected, but you're still alive, you still can ask anyone out again, whatever right. it may be. Um, so it's more of like, not feeling like you need to be in a rush to do things and really understanding of like how you feel in certain moments. The first two sex parties I ever went to, I went alone and I cried and I left. Um, wow, oh, yeah. that's heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's like, it's what Good happened. Good cry or bad cry, just a bad cry. Bad cry, <laughs> yeah. bad cry. Yeah. Um, like of feeling like I need someone and loneliness, yeah. that's like a hard thing for me. And it was something where I was like, I love group sex, I'm a total exhibitionist. Like I should be the belle of the sex party ball. Mm -hmm. Why am I crying and like feeling very isolated? So I had to do a lot of unpacking. And part of it is just like knowing certain situations that are gonna be set up for more of my success or not, but also like what kind of a vibe, what mm. atmosphere, like what do I need to feel comfortable so that everything doesn't have to go my way way for me to have a good time yeah a little bit of that yeah. surrender of that control of the moment yeah. or the environment going yeah. with it or wow. even like I mean I I also like at certain parties I've learned now like with my social anxiety a little bit if like if I smoke a little bit of weed mm. I can just have a grand old time I love people watching I know that I don't like parties where it's focused on like music and dancing because I'm a conversationalist yeah I want to hang out and chat um I don't really care that much about costumes because I'm going to be naked anyway so yeah. who cares right um right. I love being naked at sex parties because people like you're in an environment where you need to respect that and it's not like an odd thing at all so it's like a great time to have permission to do that although you just do it whenever so all the yeah. time why not all the absolute time <laughs> Lola I could literally stay in New York City on this couch right here talking with you until you know my end of days put two conversationalists sure, in a room oh to put They'll two conversationalists in a room this is what happens people I'm sure a lot of viewers watching are so curious how to get in touch with you right now and so what would be the best way to do that uh, so my website is lolajean.com and that's also a lot of my social media handles is lolajean.com I do have an audio masturbation class for people with vulvas Though if you have a penis, you could probably use it too because genitals are pretty similar at the end of the day. Um, and then I have video classes that are coming out soon as well. So if you don't live in New York or you don't live to one of the many cities that I travel to, I'm trying to make this accessible for all. And I also have a lot of, I mean, so many different ventures between the Rehab Center, which will be a bit online too. Mm -hmm. And then also Pass the Porn, which is a porn cinema event that we're, we have based in New York, but we're traveling around the world. So wherever you are, there's mm -hmm. some way to connect with me, whether it's on the 
social medias or whether it's watching porn in my backyard kind of a deal. <laughs> Gosh, I'm in love. Thank you so much, Lola, yeah, for today's absolutely. interview. And I hope you all stay in touch with this fabulous creature right here. I'm Laura Desiree from beautiful New York City. This has been The Schmooze. We'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Lola Jean. Never miss a moment here on Talk Naked by subscribing to the channel.